So you want to kill him? For starters. Sorry, Casper. Bernie pays for protection. Listen, William. I ain't asking for permission. I'm telling you as a courtesy. I need to do this thing so it's going to get done. And I'm telling you as a courtesy you'll have trouble. You came here to see if I'd kick if you killed Bernie. Well, there's your answer. I pay off to you every month like a green grocer. A lot more than the schmatter. And I'm sick of getting the high hat. You pay off for protection just like everyone else. As far as I know and what I don't know in this town ain't worth knowing, the cops haven't closed any of your dives and the DA hasn't touched any of your rackets. You haven't bought any license to kill bookies and today I ain't selling any. So take your flunky and dangle. You think that I'm some guinea fresh off the boat and you can kick me? But I'm too big for that now. I'm sick of taking a strap from you, Leo. I'm sick of marching into this goddamn office to kiss your Irish ass. And I'm sick of the high hat! His fancy pants, all these. Johnny? You're exactly as big as I let you be and no bigger, and don't forget it ever. That's right, Leo. You're the big shot around here, and I'm just some schnook likes to get slapped around. The Scotch on the Rocks. Please, any Scotch will do. As long as it's not a blend, of course, uh, a single malt. Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. I'm drunk on! I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> and one of them lost their hat. You have to hold on to your hat while you're scissoring, apparently. Oh, off to a roaring start. All right. Uh, Miller's Crossing. A favorite of yours. Yeah, it's a... Uh, uh, when I go to, like, Coen Brothers, I, it's mm-hmm. one that... Uh, I would say it's in my, like, maybe top three, top five. I, I know I've gone back to a lot, and I don't know oh. if it's the setting. You know, it's that Oh, you're uh, the big gangster. noir guy. The, the gangster noir setting. They, uh, yeah. They really did well with the writing as far as the the language and the vernacular terminology, whatever you uh, want to call it. And it's I such a smart-ass movie, too. Oh, he's got a very smart mouth on him. I, I do agree mm-hmm. with everybody Sassy. else. <laughs> everybody. I know how annoying it can be because we have a friend just like that. Oh, God. With his fucking mouth. Uh, so in this uh, movie, Gabriel Byrne uh, plays the, uh, the right-hand man mm-hmm. of uh, Crime Boss, uh, played by Albert Finney, Leo. And it's, you know, it's a, I guess, fairly complicated plot as far as the the nuance of it. Mm-hmm. But you can break it down to he disagrees with one boss mm-hmm. about how he's handling things. 
uh, gets kicked out of the club, goes to work for the the rival, and then he's uh, the strange man, like kind of a double agent, mm. but <laughs> both sides suspect him of being a double agent, but he doesn't get any of the uh, the comforts. Like there's not one. It, I think even as a viewer, you don't really know what his ultimate goal is, which could make it uh, seem to be more complicated movie than what it is. Uh, I I just enjoy hanging out with these characters, mainly uh, John Polito as Johnny Casper, <laughs> <laughs> who, you know, if you decide with him, he'd be a great fucking boss to work for. Well, you rarely have a mob boss going on as much as he does about fucking ethics and not double-crossing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he accepts a little bit of sass, you know, he's like, you gotta, you know... Smart Don't give me the hi-hat! <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't like the disrespect... Uh, from a rival, but like yeah. if you're part of his crew, he accepts a little bit of a pushback, um, which I liked. You know, he's he's a, he's not micromanaging; <laughs> he's letting his people uh, do their job that he hired him for. Uh, that being said, it's a strange movie in that I don't particularly like the main character because he is kind of a cipher where I, I don't really know where mm. his head's at and where he is so damn sassy and. He you know approaches every situation like he's the smartest guy in the room and he knows better than everyone. Uh, it is the side characters, the ones that I guess you're eventually going to see be picked off that uh, I enjoy my time with more than I did the the main guy. That was basically how I approached the entire film. It was like setting, you know, the the writing, the characters. Um, I mean, all of it was really entertaining, but the story was almost so loose, too loose to the point where it's like, I could follow it. But it, then again, I was like, I don't know if he's playing who, whose side he's playing or if he's doing this all for his benefit or you have characters killed off screen that are like very mm -hmm. important plot points. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, spoiler alert, Steve Buscemi for one was the one where I was Does like, you just have one scene. In the, like visually in the movie, you visually, hear him on the phone yeah, he's a couple on, times. In like the hotel, but other than that, you find that body in the woods, and we we don't know who the fuck that's supposed to be, and it's not mm -hmm. even revealed to you till like near the end of the whole fucking movie. So it's <laughs> the movie's not letting you in on the uh, <laughs> on the events either. Like you are just actually going along with the, the you know the characters that he's springing this shit on. Had you seen this before? No, this is the first time. Okay, so that's because I think it's one that improves on rewatch because you can't let the details float mm -hmm. away a little bit. You're like, you're like, okay, now that I have everything in front of me, not I as important kind of, to kind of keep up with. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, and, and they are kind of just dropping you into the situation. Of course, it uh, oftentimes when you're confused, it's because the main character, uh, <laughs> you know, he's he's the, he's the smartest guy in the room, but sometimes he's caught off guard. Like mm -hmm. when there's a a dead body. I mean, the the title of the film is a, a place where these, you know, this particular gang uh, goes to uh, to execute people out in the middle of uh, the woods, out in the middle of nowhere. He's been tested to do just that with John Turturro. I think it, that's actually the trailer for the film. I seem to remember that as a kid, seeing it on old VHS tapes. It's basically John Turturro begging for his life. It's like the entire trailer, and I'm like, I want to see that. And I'm like. <laughs> I like that, that idea. That appeals to me. <laughs> a man begging for his life on his knees. Not, not just that, any man, John Turturro specifically. I'm like, yeah, he's probably done something to deserve that. And <laughs> I hope they don't like let him it. off the hook. Um, but you, you've got a great uh, femme fatale, I guess. And Verna, Marcia Gay Harden. Who, like, she just looks like she was born to mm. play these type of roles or to be in that particular setting. It reminded me of uh, Sin City when... Mm. Clive Owens talking about Marv, the Mickey Rourke character, saying that 
if he had just had the been you know, born good on the luck, battlefield, he'd, yeah, yeah, be born in gladiator times, he would be like a seen as a god, mm-hmm. uh, you know, king among men. Kind of how like we were talking about LeBron James, and not that Kevin Spacey, <laughs> who also deserves to beg for his life out of Miller's Cross. <laughs> Wouldn't Seven have been a better movie if John Doe, after all of his bullshit, he gets out there, he does his thing, he gives Brad Pitt his present. <laughs> And then he has a moment's hesitation. He's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to die. Like, <laughs> I think like it's just, <laughs> after all of that. I don't think a man does what he does without <laughs> accepting at some point. I'm going to get my ass killed <laughs> doing but, some of this shit. Jared, listen to me. Like, is it not? Yeah, maybe it wouldn't become as infamous like for that. Like, you, you, know, you want don't... the death proof ending. You want him to be like, yeah. I, I regret everything. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I want him begging, pissing himself. Uh, go full Turturro, John Turturro, because he does it upright. And the great, great thing about this character, Moose Crossing, is a man gives him his life back. Uh-huh. What does he do? He immediately betrays him and starts mm. blackmailing him. I knew you'd love that. For not killing- Comes back and starts shit talking him in his own house. Like, Shouldn't have left me alive. <laughs> this guy. Fantastic. I, I love Bernie Birnbaum because he's <laughs> such, such an ass. Yeah, the balls like, on this just... guy to break into his house and then tell him he's going to watch him sweat for a while. <laughs> he just had him in the forest getting ready to fucking plug him in the head. <laughs> he has a, he's a line. I'm going to try to find mm-hmm. the, uh, the clip here. I actually didn't. I took no notes, which is usually a good thing. I have one note. Mm. It's from the Dane who... I believe he's talking to Verna, the femme fatale, uh, <laughs> comes in and starts, you know, he has a weapon, he's threatening her, and like every character, pretty much in the film, sasses the Dane, mm-hmm. who's the big, he's the big wrestling heel. He's the bad guy. He takes he's the most physically imposing. And he says, Jesus, I open my mouth, the whole world turns smart. And it's just like, <laughs> this, this guy. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he's got all the physical stature. He's got the backing. He's the second command of this gang. He usually has a weapon on somebody, and it's still not good enough. They still look at him as a, a putz. They still look at someone to make fun that, of. That felt like it. the whole the, the whole era. Like the whole era was nothing but a bunch of fucking smart mouths. Like <laughs> you know, just the the very notion of how the, you know that that time period, the quick <laughs> the quick biting <laughs> speech. Here's one. I just mm-hmm. like I just go to quotes on IMDb, and one of the first ones is the Dane. And again, the heel mm-hmm. asking our main character, Tom Regan, how'd you get the fat lip? He responds, old war wound, acts up around morons. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not even like... It's not like, even clever. <laughs> just, it's, it's just being stupid. an asshole for... <laughs> <laughs> You're calling him a dumbass with extra steps. <laughs> I'll tell you the one that got me. Like, I actually had to stop the movie from laughing. I still don't know what it means. Let's get Stinko. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? You want that to make a comeback? I thought it meant like, like uh, maybe getting stinking drunk or something. Mm-hmm. But I, is that yeah, what it means? Okay. I don't think that's what it would mean now. Like, no. I don't, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it just caught me so off guard. It's like, come on, gal, let's get Stinko. It's like, man, such flowery language. You ever, uh, you know, stumble across a... Uh, Kevin Spacey yeah. approaching you in a men's room. Why don't you respond with that? Let's get stink. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, he, he'd have different ideas about let's get stinko. 
We ain't on the same page, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny, like on podcast oh, hell. Lord. For the most part, they'll uh, they'll, and I've been on some where it's like, all right, we gotta address the elephant in the room. This guy's horrible. <laughs> I think he's horrible. The whole world thinks he's horrible. <laughs> so this movie is pretty good. I like the part where he's doing. <laughs> Get the, uh, the, you know, what any normal person, I think he is terrible. What he did is awful. Now, having said that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think you could play a Marvel character? And which one? (laughs) (laughs) You know, if he hadn't done that horrible thing. Uh, I can't find it. Hopefully I can find the the clip, but uh, Mm. basically Torturo, like, even when he, as you said, breaks back into this man's home, who's given him his life back. And is then going to turn that around and blackmailing him, blackmail someone for not killing them. What's the matter? You got nothing to crack wise about? Bernie ain't so funny anymore? I guess I made kind of a fool of myself out there. Falling away like a twist. I guess. I guess I turned yellow. You didn't tell anyone about that? No. Of course, you know about it. It's a painful memory. And I can't help remembering that you put the finger on me. And you took me out there to whack me. I know. You didn't, I know. (laughs) You didn't shoot me, but... Now, what have I done for you lately? Don't smart me. I want to watch you squirm. I want to see you sweat a little. And when you smart me, it ruins it. Tom Regan still sassed him, and he he mm. like he's like don't don't you take this from me. Like you know, it's like girls <laughs> like it's my time to sass now. This is like <laughs> this is a great theater where where these mm. these actors just chew the scenery. Uh, and take turns like talking shit to one another, and the the biggest sin you can create here is uh, by interrupting someone's shit talking with yours. Like, hold on now, that's the only thing. <laughs> the only thing that's going to get you in trouble in this world is you have to give everyone the adequate amount of time, the Josh Dotson adequate amount of time to <laughs> shit talk. <laughs> There's no block of time long enough. Cut to Jared's decomposing body in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Damn this thing, he just grabbed the gun and turned it on himself. <laughs> Never take anybody out to Miller's Crossing and grab the gun and shoot themselves. <laughs> One half hour monologue. Oh <laughs> god, not another monologue! That's why it's snack size now. I, you know, I'm actually pretty proud of us, Jared. We've mm-hmm. stayed relatively on point with Miller's Crossing. We've not talked about scissoring yet. Well, we we started yeah, scissoring. Didn't yeah, we? I mean, oh, I forgot. <laughs> we took our medicine, <laughs> so we wouldn't get the shakes. That's what, that's what we got to get out of the way. Let's, we're going to talk about scissoring, and it's going to happen in the first couple minutes. I'll get us back on point. What did okay. this do? Uh, mm-hmm. Was this was this popular or just popular to me oh. as a kid? Like, was this a success, Jared, financially or critically? <laughs> Add some Jeopardy music, if you will. Oh, this is the fun editing time. For, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll play a scene from Portrait of a Lady on Fire or something. 
any clips of Hyrule that we can use. I was worried about you. <laughs> no, I go to some random, like, three of us should get the street sounds from Peru. <laughs> <laughs> Like a <laughs> lion roaring in Jumanji or something. <laughs> Not even any fucking lion to <laughs> Okay, Miller's Crossing box office was 5 million and. The budget was ooh, 10 to 14. So, so no. It was not a success. This was before the Coen brothers, you know, had actually made a name for themselves, though. So it wasn't like, you know, now it's like Coen brothers. I have to see that back then. Obviously not as much. I'm trying to think, what had they done before? They had done Raising Arizona, but was what, was there something in between? Or was this the follow If this was the follow-up to Raising Arizona, I could see a disappointed <laughs> group of Raising Arizona customers. Yeah, this uh, is definitely not sure, the same. Sure, you know, silly at times and funny, but not, uh, not quite as broad. <laughs> Not the uh, same audience. Uh, it says here it had a ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, based on fifty-nine reviews. So, but I think that's probably safe to assume that a Coen Brothers movie usually is pretty well regarded. Um, I don't know if that divorce attorney one with uh, Clooney and Catherine Zeta-Jones is though. I think some of those are pretty big misses. But yeah, this one's always been like I wouldn't say it's like <laughs> something I watch all the time. Uh, you know, this the the one big set piece, I guess, is uh, you have uh, Leo going full Tommy gun and like waiting for him to, <laughs> to burst into his bedroom as he smokes the cigar and his house goes up in flames. Like he has the, uh, you know, he has the the sort of Zack Snyder kind of shot. He has the like the the superhero pose with the Tommy gun. <laughs> That's about those, it. They have those Coen Brothers kind of Gonzo zany. Dark comedy, the amount of Tommy gun shots, like the part that really. <coughs> that so you're saying it, it absolves it of looking too badass because it becomes it goes on for so long it becomes comical. <laughs> it becomes so excessive <laughs> that it's comical. Like that scene in particular, like him and the Tommy gun shooting like a thousand shots. Like when they're in the one where it's got uh, uh, Sam Raimi and they have the shootout at the bar mm. or whatever. Like that goes on for so long. I started laughing. <laughs> like the fat guy that's the drop Johnson or whatever at the, the boxer, near the end of the yeah. boxer where he starts yelling. I'm like, <laughs> he just, he will not stop yelling. For <laughs> Look at this kid. Something I cry and teach all my boys. Break. Horrible. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like the jungles of Peru. Is what, at least what I imagined. <laughs> Let's do a, a slight spoiler section for Miller's Crossing. I already said I'm a fan of Johnny Casper. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything against Leo. Leo. He's also a nice guy, too. He's not as amusing. Uh, and I don't think he's meant to be as amusing as... Uh, John Polito's character. I'm sort of a little disappointed with the, uh, I guess the, you know, the, it all shakes out in the mm-hmm. end. But even when it does, our main character, he gives Leo the hi hat. When Leo's like, "Hey, why don't you just tell me? Like, you're, you're so smart, so clever that this was your plan all along to like, you know, fix all the stupid things I did. And what can I ever do to repay you? And it's like, it's like nothing. 
Like it's it's done. Like this this relationship's over. And I'm like, what? You know that maybe you should have just stayed with Johnny Casper if that's how you feel. Like Jesus, <laughs> this man enjoys nothing in life. <laughs> <laughs> I say, what, what's the word for that? I remember our previous co <laughs> our previous co-host Josh used this word. And, you know, it's a nice two dollar word. I think it was about hearts beat loud. It was about the, <laughs> the daughter character. It was really dismissive. Uh, oh, misanthrope. That's what he said. Oh. I remember thinking, like, wow, for a movie called Hearts Beat Loud, where it's about a father and daughter like jamming together and creating music <laughs> about their, you know, beloved deceased wife slash mother and it's just what a misanthrope like good for nothing can't take any joy or pleasure in the world. that's uh tom regan that's our main character in miller's crossing he does all this cool shit that uh you know puts his life in great danger and he speaks like he enjoys it but he doesn't really seem like he enjoys it that's that's a weird thing about the movie like that it's, it's i get to the end of it and i'm like well i had fun why the fuck did you not have fun what is this to what aim were you existing <laughs> in this universe, sir? Oh, you're talking to the cat. First, I thought you were talking to me, like, Mike. Oh, no. <laughs> well, like yelling at your TV. Like... Well, this is the question I ask in the mirror every morning. <laughs> it's like a, uh, you know, a bad sexual partner, me and Miller's Crossing. Where it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Not good enough for you? Felt Sounds enjoyable for me. For me. <laughs> Johnny Casper knows how to push all my buttons. <laughs> Not that Kevin Spacey, though. That's disgusting. I always put one in the brain. <laughs> fat, bald, sweaty man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never give him the hi-hat. Kevin Spacey? Absolutely. <laughs> you think there's another podcast out there still banging the drum? Talking about what a despicable jerk Kevin Spacey is? That's because they're posers. We're still at it. <laughs> Say, if they do, they've probably got, you know, septum piercings and purple hair. <laughs> A lot less laughing, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Subject material that we cackle over. <laughs> oh, he rapes! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we got to get a, a real comedian here, a professional. <laughs> um, I think it's time for that uh, Norm MacDonald uh, clip about Andy Richter, Swedish German. <laughs> Swedish German. <laughs> God, I love that so much. <laughs> Scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. I'm Rundgren. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. Oh, sweet. That's enough Sweden? Yeah. God bless you, man. Everything is good about, you know, we're, we're, you're an Irishman. Me mother, she was orange. Me father, he was green. It was the biggest mix-up that you have ever seen. I'm Scottish. <laughs> I'm a Scot. You're Irish. Yes. What are you? Uh, Swedish German. Swedish German. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, really. 
Why would I lie about that? It's not no, it's funny. Very, yeah, it's, just... <laughs> it's a very strange lie. To, it, I put one over yeah, on those people. Yeah. Swedish German. <laughs> no, I tell you why it's funny, man. Because I was in I was in uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. I met a good old boy down there, and he said, uh, "Have you ever?" He said, "You know Andy Richter?" Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You met a guy in Georgia, and he said, "You know Andy Richter." Oh yeah, you do guys do well there. Oh. And he said, uh, "I said, yeah." He said, "Have you ever heard an Andy Richter joke?" I said, "No." He said, "Well, most of it's based on him being a Swedish German." <laughs> and then he told me an Andy Richter joke. And really? I, but I didn't know he was a Swedish German. I thought it was all nonsense. Yeah. Well, now this lines up perfectly. Yeah. Let me ask you something because it sort of relates to the first. Wait, don't you want to hear the joke? <laughs> You're down to six. <laughs> you're down to six. All right, this joke will get you back yeah, up. You can get him back. Okay. Let's hear the joke. Well, the fellow says, he says, man, he says, you ever tear the time about the old prospector? That's how he tells you. Know? Yeah. He says, uh, he says, man, there was an old prospector, and he was prospecting for gold, and he was having a hell of a time getting any gold. It was an empty stake, I, I believe. And uh, he said he'd come into town one day. He'd been, he'd been in the mine for a good eight months. He said, by God, he said, I'm only, I'm only flesh and blood. Sure. Yeah. And I need, I need a woman, you know. And so he goes into town. He goes up to the bartender. He says, bartender, he says, man, I've been in that mine for a hell of a long time. And I'm only flesh and blood. I need a woman. Well, the bartender says, hell, there ain't no women in this town. If you want to do any of that business, all we got is Andy Richter, the Swedish German. (laughs) 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 The prospector, he says, no, no. He says, hell, I ain't into that funny stuff, you know. He says, I'll be fine. So he goes back to his state, you know, and he's back in that mine, man. And six months pass, <laughs> and a year passes, and Conan, you know, people are weak. Man is made of flesh and pride, as the scriptures tell us. And by God, that old prospector finally broke to his knees, and he said, I'm no worse than over Then he went back to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> he was a beaten man. He says to the bartender, he says, hell, man, I've been in that place two and a half years. A man has needs. And if you say there's no women in this here town, he says, well, I'll have to go for Andy Richter, the Swedish German. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he says, listen now, he says, man, I'm a tough old hombre, you know, and I got friends now. He says, I don't want anybody to know about this. You know, this is back in the old days. Sure, right? yeah. He says, uh, I, can, I, can, I can tell by the accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he says, I got my cowpoke friends and so forth. I'd hate to hell anybody know about this. You know, this got to be all secret. Nobody. I say, nobody can know about this. Bartender says, well, four people will know about it. How do you figure that? He says, well, he says, I'll know about it. He says, you'll know about it. Andy Richter, the Swedish German, will know about it. And the fellow that has to hold down Andy will know about it. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why? Because Andy Richter, the Swedish German, he don't go for that funny business either. Well, uh, at least you left me my dignity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the way that story ended. Yeah, because you, nice... you weren't gay. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's not beside the point. You were raped. I, I w- no, it's more. 
prostituting myself.